Welcome to Let It Grow Investing, the financial investing and small business podcast that is not run by a professional investor. I am Jeff, and thank you for stopping by. We're going to cover all the news you need to know to make sense of the market, helping you get invested, stay the course, and on your way to financial freedom. What's going on, guys? Welcome back to the podcast, and thanks as always for joining me. Uh, we've got a lot of different stuff to talk about on today's episode. Yet again, the uh, the market is not quiet. That is for sure. We've got a lot of earnings reports. We've got some uh, starts and stops on housing. We've got starts and stops in automotive. We got a lot of different things to cover on both uh, areas there. We've also got uh, some mortgage rates we're going to be looking at. Uh, we're going to couple that with a little bit of Airbnb and Verbo earnings and what they're saying as far as the uh, short-term rentals are uh, really concerned. And uh, ultimately, we're going to be looking at some some housing in general and those trends right now. But uh, yeah, so first off, I did want to say that the, uh, the market is uh, trading a little bit down today. I am recording this one on Friday. It is my birthday weekend, so I'm going to be a little bit busy with family and all. Uh, this weekend. And then ultimately, I I believe the market might be closed on Monday. I'll have to double check that one for President's Day here in the US. But um, we've got uh, so a lot to cover here. So, um, But before I start, I did want to uh, point out that on the, uh, the Let It Grow Investing group on Facebook, I did put something out there that if anyone was looking to get some financial coaching from me, I am willing to offer three free consultations uh, to the first three people that uh, really respond and are looking to take their, um, you know, their investing or their their business strategies kind of to that next level. If you really want to get serious about it, sit down and talk uh, with me one-on-one personally. Uh, I'd be glad to do that. And um, might be another side thing that I do a little bit more of here in the, in the future is that financial coaching type avenue. So putting that out there, if you are interested, feel free to reach out uh, either through uh, a Spotify message or through the uh, the Facebook group as well. But uh, yeah, so first off, I did want to talk about uh, yeah the market slowing. We've got uh, a little bit of downward pressure today on Friday. Uh, the Nasdaq's down about 146 points. S&P is uh, about flat and the, the Dow is down $27. So we've got uh, uh, mild losses on the Dow, heavier on the NASDAQ, and kind of middle of, of the road on the S&P here. So we have seen a lot of these tech stocks run up you know, drastically. Some have been 100% or more uh, since some, some of their lows in that December kind of time frame. So we're definitely seeing uh, an oversold or overbought condition, which is now leading to a bit of a sell-off. Uh, but uh, that S&P, yeah, we're holding up at that 40, uh, 4,058 level. So a little bit below 4,100. But uh, I, I think a lot of people could just be selling for, for the weekend. So like I said, that one is down $31 uh, on the day. Uh, otherwise, we were right around that 4,100 level that we were really looking for uh, some po- support at. So um, yeah, Ford. Let's talk Ford here. We've got the Ford Lightning. They did pause production on the Ford Lightning truck, uh, and that was over a battery fire at a uh, production facility. It was not on a dealer lot. It wasn't in someone's garage, and they do believe that they found the problem, and they are working to fix these problems with the battery that uh, they pointed out. They do not create them. They order them in and install them into the vehicles. So uh, we're waiting to see what happens there. 
We've also got uh, some uh, Tesla recalls is what uh, NHTSA, the NHTSA, is saying on Tesla on the full self-drive or FSD beta. Uh, they're saying that there's some uh, cause for concerns and ultimately they issued a recall. Now, when uh, this recall is issued, it is not a case where all these vehicles have to be brought back to the dealer and uh, modified in any uh, any way by a mechanic or anyone at the shop. It is simply going to be an over-the-air update, which is a great thing about Tesla. A lot of the things that are problems, they fix them uh, through a software update. So that is what this one's going to be. I don't think it's a major cause for concern, but uh, again, a lot of noise that kind of Tesla gets wrapped up in a lot of times for having... Um, different different technology that's kind of cutting edge and also um, kind of working the bugs out of that beta system in the FSD uh, or the full self-drive. So we're definitely watching for what happens with that. Uh, we've also got, uh, well, let's go right to Deere earnings. We've got John Deere. Uh, they reported for the, the last quarter here. And uh, they are off to uh, off to the races today, 7.7% uh, up, up $31 on the day. And uh, they had a good fourth quarter, and they also, also are uh, looking to uh, revise their guidance upward for 2023. Uh, a lot of that is on these strong revenue numbers. I believe their revenues came in 37% higher than this quarter last year. Uh, so definitely some, some major... Uh, major moves in their revenue. They're also looking to do more in the way of AI and autonomous when it comes to farming. Uh, so a, a lot of different things that are going on there. And uh, when I'm looking at the analyst research on this one, what is Deer looking like today? Uh, still about 11.3% upside on this name. Currently 430. Average price target looking like 483. Uh, so someone just came out today with a buy uh, wait, no, is that today? Yeah, it is today, the 17th, $500. And that is the most recent update. Um, so before that, you know, we had some higher ratings, but uh, we had a 395 from Deutsche Bank on the 9th as a hold rating. So definitely uh, getting some traction. We're definitely seeing some more people jump into this one. The volume is through the roof today. And uh, a lot of people trying to get into this name for the future of farming. And ultimately, you know, keeping the food on the table for all the families that rely on uh, on farming, and, and that's pretty much everyone. But um, trying to keep that uh, that business running strong and seeing these revenues increase. But uh, then we've got uh, where do we want to go next? We've got uh, DraftKings was earlier this week, but we'll cover that one also. We definitely saw uh, I think it was smaller losses than previously anticipated on DraftKings. So. Uh, on a higher than anticipated revenue number. And that is definitely taking this one up uh, today. We are up about 14.8%. And now on the five day, man, this five day is, is a big mover here. We started on the 13th around 1597. And today we're at uh, about $20 and 44 cents. So massive moves in this one. What is that? Uh, probably 30 some percent. Definite uh, big moves on this one today, and uh, I, I don't think we're done with this one. So I'm definitely bullish on DraftKings as more states legalize the sports betting. We definitely saw a uh, more uptick in the Super Bowl. We had a great quarter, and uh, 
I think all analysts are looking like they're they're more upbeat on the space right now. So we'll see where that one goes. It's definitely one that uh, I've been in for a long time. And uh, currently that that average price from the analyst is uh, a negative number. But uh, again, when we're looking at the numbers from today, we are seeing all buy ratings and all higher. Well, we got one from Needham that's at $20. But uh, Benchmark at 23 Canaccord Genuity is at 30 and uh, BTIG is at $24. So we, we've definitely got some upside here still. And uh, on, on the new price targets from these different analysts. And I think overall that uh, that industry is going to be moving up and rolling up nicely as more and more states legalize that. So definitely one that I'm watching and one that I have already been invested in in the name of DraftKings. But um, you know, now we can get into Airbnb. And Airbnb actually uh, is uh, trading down right now on the day. 7.65%. Uh, so let's take a look here. And I was listening to a call from uh, Redfin and they were talking about how the uh, the rise in the interest rates right now, uh, I think it's gone up about 50 basis points in the last two or three weeks, which I don't really pay attention to all that well. But uh, we had it spike up above 7%. I believe that was in November. And then we traded down almost into that 5% range. I think we touched 5.9 five, at some point. And now we are trending back higher, uh, which is slowing the demand in the uh, housing market. So um, a lot of fear out there in the way of what's going on in the housing space. And ultimately, that's kind of translating over to these stocks. Um, but now it does say that uh, Airbnb did have a solid uh, Q4. And where are we at? They rallied about 9% following their earnings report, trading at about 132 a share. Uh, that was after hours after reporting. And they had a revenue of $1.9 billion, up 24% year over year, ahead of the upper end of its guidance. So it actually looked like they came in strong, but there's a lot of fears going forward of uh, regulation in the short-term rental market from a lot of different uh, counties, cities, towns about where you can rent, where you can put these uh, Airbnbs. And really, there's there's just kind of a lot of uncertainty in that whole housing market as a whole. We've got uh, housing stops, the, the, the houses that are actually finishing. That number is now outpacing housing starts. Not as many people applying for new permits. And ultimately, we've got a, a, a you know that rising interest rate and a slowing uh, amount of people who are looking to start building. And uh, one thing that I did hear on that Redfin report was also the fact that a lot of the builders, uh, they don't really want to go ahead and build more houses because they aren't certain as to what's happening out there. But they also have, you know, higher material, higher labor, and their cost of capital to build these homes is also higher, which I really hadn't thought about before. But, you know, they got to borrow that money from somewhere unless they're just that cash heavy. But, uh, you know, their costs on that end are going up and they don't want to have all this outlay of money at a higher rate and then get stuck with the house, <clears throat> excuse me, stuck with the houses. And then ultimately the market falls out. So they are definitely cautious and uh, they, they don't have as much room to decline or, or decrease the sales price in order to get these houses sold because of the higher cost of capital, material, labor, everything else. So there's a lot of different uh, uncertainty out there. The demand has fallen a bit, according to Redfin, but uh, it's really kind of spread out into different areas. 
So, you know, your, your higher market areas are, are still rolling up nicely. There are still a lot of areas uh, around the country that they're having, you know, open houses and you're still seeing 70, 80, 100 people come through these different open houses. But then there's some that they're, it's just uh, it's just crickets out there. So definitely something that I'm watching. Um, you know, I've talked before about maybe getting into an Airbnb type uh, short term rental property for myself and uh, something that I'm definitely looking to, you know, diversify a bit and maybe go that route. So um, conversely, uh, on Expedia's earnings call for their Verbo properties, uh, VRBO, they have said that they aren't seeing any uh, decrease in demand or they're not planning on any decrease in pricing for the Verbo rentals for the year. Now, I think Airbnb is a little bit more spread out. They are more international, where Verbo's definitely more suburbia, uh, US, and you've got more city-centered uh, Airbnbs out there. So there, there is a bit of a difference between the two properties. But uh, I definitely think that long-term with this regulatory risk, there is a little bit of uh, uncertainty around Airbnb. But uh, I know a lot of people got really hurt on this one as, as a short play. There was a lot of people that had a short interest in Airbnb for uh, quarter four, not thinking they were going to perform, thinking they were going to come in light. And uh, ultimately, they uh, they really did rally this week. So um, I know I didn't really lead on to that, saying they're down 7.8% uh, today. But uh, they were down near one, 110 at the start of the week. And now at the end of the week, we're, we're up to 132. We did rise all the way up to uh, probably right around 143-ish, I'm going to say, from this chart. But uh, we, we have sold off a bit. And uh, there, there is definitely some cause for concern out there in the way of regulations and uh, the way that they're doing business and the fact that the, the prices that they uh, have been running for are slowing. But that being said, the prices... Uh, from December 22 versus December of 2019 are actually up 30% over that uh, that three year span. So definitely something to take in, into account there. The, the business underlying, I do think is strong. They've got a lot of demand, but uh, I think overall the economy is slowing and some of the different regulations that are out there are worrisome. So I might not run into this one after this uh, you know 20% move higher. But uh, it is one that I've thought about getting into uh, to have some sort of stake in a, uh, a company like Airbnb. Um, right now, it's just not for me. Uh, like I said, it's a little too rich and I'm not too certain as to what's going to happen on the uh, the regulation side. So uh, not one that I'm really rushing to get into, but I, I definitely try to pay attention to what's going on in that short term rental and real estate market so we can sit here and talk about it a little bit more. But uh, one thing I did want to mention last time that I definitely forgot to uh, to talk about here was uh, cryptos. You know, we we definitely saw a bit of a, a decoupling from the stock market and even what the Nasdaq was doing to what cryptos were doing. And uh, the cryptos did uh, run up on some of the uh, the Fed minutes, and ultimately, you know, the the Nasdaq traded down. Uh, then they, you know, Nasdaq rebounded a little bit, but the the, the cryptos were definitely running uh, much higher from there. You know, we hadn't seen Bitcoin above twenty five thousand, and uh, ultimately, it it's had a really nice run here over the past 
the the one week where are we we're up 11 and a half percent on the week so definitely a nice uh, nice gain here for bitcoin and I've, I've got a lot of thoughts about this one I, I do think that bitcoin has has room to run in the long term but i think in the short term we're probably going to trade down we're probably going to um well i, I think personally i'm want to pick up some at about 20 percent down from where we're sitting right now so if i can get in start adding back in around that twenty thousand uh level uh, I would like to, you know, be a buyer at that price. I don't really want to go too heavy right now. Uh, I do think that this year this could slow, could fall, but uh, I think into next year when the uh, the Fed starts saying that we might get a uh, a pause or a decrease in rates, we might actually start to see this uh, run the other way. We're going to have the having effect of Bitcoin in 2024, and I think that's going to take this one higher as well. So I've been watching a lot of different videos. On the fact of what Bitcoin's doing, um, you know, we had that, uh, you know, terrible 22 for the crypto market. But uh, I do like this, this, you know, I don't know if you want to call it a bear trap or or a bull run here. But ultimately, I don't know that we're going to really just run uh, to the moon right now. I think we're going to have to consolidate, come on back down. That's where I want to be a buyer. And then I think we could be off to the races in 24 when uh, a lot of this news uh, of the the Fed is you know going the other way on the uh, the Fed rate hikes. We're going to see that slow down. Ultimately, I think Bitcoin will do better then. And uh, you know they're they're not going to do any kind of money printing in 23. We already know that. So there's not any of that free money out there right now. But you know in 24 and maybe 25, maybe we start seeing some of this uh, uh, this easing from the Fed and we start seeing this run the other way. So that's kind of what I'm thinking. I, I definitely want to be a buyer. I still am a long-term hodler, if you will, or holder, if you're not familiar with crypto talk. But uh, right now, um, I'm kind of sitting on my hands on crypto. Uh, like I said, I took some out and went into stable coins. Ultimately, I want to rotate back in when that price is right. And I do not think we're there yet. So definitely some things that I'm looking at and uh, things that I'm really trying to watch so I can give you guys an update as to what's going on in that market also. But uh, I do like the performance of it right now. My account is definitely uh, the highest it's been in the crypto space in a, in a while here. But uh, I don't know that we're going to have a lasting effect of this, uh, this bull run or bear trap that we're seeing right now. So I want to be uh, cautious, uh, but optimistic in the long term that we have a, uh, a long run to go uh, much higher. So with that being said, I'm going to take a quick break and uh, I will be right back and we're going to talk about the uh, the investing challenge. We're going to talk about some different stocks that I'm keeping a, a close watch on and uh, we're going to go from there. So uh, stick around. I'll be right back. All right, guys, we are back here on the podcast. So uh, I did want to say that if you were looking to get started with an account of your own, whether it be in uh, uh, crypto or for a brokerage account, or if you're looking for a retirement accounts, even custodial accounts for children, or kids or grandkids. Uh, I've got some links in the description to help get you going. Uh, Crypto.com, Binance, uh, E-Trade, and Weeble. We're doing the uh, investing challenge over there at Weeble. Fractional shares, great for that. Uh, it does some crypto pretty well also, but uh, the main reason I use it is to be able to invest at $200 uh, every given week. You can buy uh, as little as $5, I believe, on any uh, individual purchase. So it is nice to get those uh, uh, 
you know, if you got a, a flat rate of money that you can put in every week, it is really nice to be able to do that. Uh, so uh, that being said, we're going to get into uh, some Warren Buffett news. And, uh, you know, if uh, Warren Buffett has uh, something different for breakfast, the world knows about it. So uh, ultimately, they released a 13F filing as to what's going on over there at uh, Berkshire. And uh, one of the big things that uh, was was in this report was the fact that he is uh, kind of doing a, a 180 on Taiwan Semiconductor and the fact that uh, he nearly eliminated would have been a large stake in, uh, in that position. Uh, also... In uh, U.S. Bank Corps, uh, according to uh, Barron's. Now, uh, now Barron's is throwing up a paywall, and I've got to pull up another article. But uh, when I was looking over there at uh, here's Yahoo Finance, we'll pull up this one. And what do we got? Uh, I know the Apple stake; he's looking to increase that as well. But uh, when it comes to Taiwan Semi, uh, this was a newer acquisition. And uh, ultimately, we're not too certain as to why he's uh, having mixed feelings on this one, whether it is some of those fears of China actually, you know, causing problems in uh, in Taiwan, or if it's the fact of, uh, you know, the chip space actually slowing down a little bit right now, which normally isn't his style. Or may maybe it was just a matter that uh, when he got in, it ran up that much. And then ultimately that that space is slowing. So um at least in the short term, but that's normally not his style. So uh, there's a lot of mixed input as to what's going on with Berkshire in the way of uh, Taiwan Semi, which is TSM. And uh, they are investing into that plant in Arizona, I believe it is. That's a couple billion dollars, I believe they're putting in over there. Uh, so what else we got? Yes, taking a bite out of Apple. Uh, they are investing um, another... No, I guess the total position, sorry, is 112 billion. And they also own about 5% of Apple. So they're they're catching me. You know, I've I've got uh less than that, but uh they've they've got a massive stake there. So um yeah, we've got uh Berkshire is up 290% on this Apple stake that uh they entered in 2016. So uh also makes up about 42% of the Berkshire portfolio. So a massive stake in that one. Uh, I, I, I mean, I can't tell anyone what to do, but forty-two percent in any one position is, is way too much in my mind, unless it is a, an ETF or an index fund. But forty-two uh, percent, he's got to know something I don't, because I don't really see um, too much reason for me to be running out and buying Apple right now. Let's take a look at what the PE is looking like. Um, a couple different insider sales, because I was peeking at that on uh, another. Um, ticker here. A couple different. Uh, the CEO sold, uh, you know, eighteen point eight million uh, in market value of Apple shares. We had an officer sell about five point two million this year. Uh, a couple different exercises of options. Uh, these are in twenty two. But yeah, a, a lot of different sales. But I'm not seeing anyone purchasing. So definitely uh, no insider buying. But Warren is seeing something. And, uh, you know, I, I can't say that he's going to be wrong about it because he seldom is. But uh, PE 26, it's it's trading above where it normally trades. I would say that it's normally in that lower 20 range. And, uh, you know, even back then, probably in that 2016 time frame when I was getting started, um, this is one of the ones that I bought. And the PE was actually a good bit lower. I believe we were somewhere in the in the mid teens. Uh, to high teens when I was initially purchasing some Apple stock. 
and uh, no one wanted it when the PE was cheap. But now that it's uh, 26 times, people are still flocking to this one for safety, for some growth. But uh, ultimately, I don't really know what they're innovating right now. I know we got some talks of the Apple car, but uh, I'm, I'm interested to see what they do with this pile of cash and ultimately where they go from here. So that's uh, a little bit of what's going on over there at Berkshire. Uh, I know that uh, they are betting on a turnaround in Hollywood with Paramount Global, and uh, they own more than $1.5 billion and a 15% stake over there. We've also got uh, very little changes to, or it looks like they didn't make any changes, sorry, to Coca-Cola KO. They've got $25 billion of that, and also $33.5 billion of Bank of America BAC. So uh, nothing noteworthy there except for Taiwan Semi, more Apple, and it uh, looks like in recent months, uh, what are they doing with Louisiana Pacific? They now, now own nearly 10% of that as well. So a little bit more changes on that, uh, but ultimately uh, a lot of the same names he's either adding to or uh, selling out of. I don't really see too much in the way of adding to new stocks, but uh, yeah, that's what he's got going on over there. Now over here on uh, on our side of things, the uh, the investing challenge, and uh, you can get over there to the Let It Grow Investing page through the link in the description, and uh, ultimately can pick from one of these five names that we put out there. Uh, for week eight, but uh, now we are going to be moving past that. We're going to be looking at week nine. But before we do that, I do want to look at the results of week eight. And uh, we had five different names. And uh, the first one was Next Era Energy. And a lot of people were saying, get on into this one before it starts the rebound. It, uh, it was trading a little bit uh, sideways and down here. Let's take a look at this chart. I don't think we had too much positive movement movement on next era. I believe that's why we were getting into this one. Yeah, on the month we have fallen. We are off of those highs they set back in last August, and that was at $91.35. We're currently sitting at $76.32. So this was going to be one of the ones that I thought was a little bit of a value play. And that was one of the reasons that I was looking at next era for this week. Uh, so that was uh that was number one on uh week eight. We've also got uh, number two. I was going to go with uh, Walgreens Boots Alliance, which is WBA, uh, for the fact that we added that one this time last year. But uh, ultimately, I don't really like the numbers with uh, WBA right now, so I changed it up. I went to CVS on this one. So uh, we had a 28% upside here with a 2.5% dividend. And uh, ultimately, we are not buying that one either. So uh, where are we going to be buying? We've got uh, number three was Google, uh, or the parent company was Alphabet, 37% upside. Uh, and actually, spoiler alert, we are buying Google on Monday. Uh, the other two names in this were number four was PayPal, PYPL, 26% upside. And then ExxonMobil, 5% upside, 3.2% dividend yield. But uh, that PE was cheap. So that was the reason one of those, uh, the, the oil stocks got in there. So some of these definitely made it for uh, a lower valuation with a limited downside. I thought I had a good amount of upside in some of these names. And that's really what I was seeing in these. So uh, thank you guys for voting. We are going to be buying $200 worth of Google. Parent company is Alphabet on, uh, well, Tuesday, I, I take it. We're going to be buying that one when the market opens back up over the weekend. Uh, so yes, Google. 
I will gladly buy that one. And I like this price point. I think we were trading around $94, but let's just take a look at where this one is right now. And uh, with all the news out of Microsoft and ChatGPT, this one has sold off a bit more. Uh, we are down to $93.95. Currently, we are at a PE of 20.9. So uh, that PE is definitely trading lower than where this one normally trades. And uh, I, I don't think that this is going to last long. So I do want to get into this one sooner than later. Some of these, I think you're going to have a longer time to accumulate uh, through you know, the first six to nine months of the year i'm thinking we have a more uh, a wider run for some of these stocks to either trade sideways or down i don't think that google is going to really fall into that i, th I think this one is getting to the point where it's oversold now and i am glad to be buying this one on monday so thank you guys for voting and now for week nine um we're gonna start this one kind of the same way we're doing with week eight i'm just throwing out some that we bought last year because frankly, I, there's a lot of reasons I don't like them right now. So uh, maybe maybe that's not right. There's some that I I don't want to add to right now. I think that's more the, the meaning of what I'm really getting at here. And what we added to this time last year was McDonald's. Uh, I still like McDonald's. I still own McDonald's. But uh, there's a lot of different reasons that I don't want to add to it right now. Well, first off... Um, some of these consumer staple stocks are just getting stretched too thin. And I think this is one of them. Uh, I think a lot of people ran into McDonald's, uh, into the stock that is, when we started talking about a recession. So uh, the fact that uh, the, the stock price has really run up, it's really stretching that PE. And a lot of these different valuations are just getting too high in my mind to really go out and throw it out there for people to, to enter this one at this point. I think there are going to be a better entry point on McDonald's uh, throughout the course of this year. So um, now that being said, 33 analysts say there's about 10% of upside in this one. But uh, let's see why I don't really care for some of the valuations here. Um, revenue growth year over year uh, that ended in December was a negative 0.2. So down uh, year over year. Not really a, a huge cause for concern as, as far as what I'm looking at, but the, the price to sales is an 8.4. And uh, we know that the S&P 500 historically trades at a 2.3. Uh, I don't see any real reason for McDonald's to be trading, uh, you know, almost, I mean, maybe not almost four times, but close to four times where the S&P trades. Now, their five-year average is a 7.5. So, even if we're not at that 2.3, I would like to be under that average in order to enter this name. The uh, the trailing PE, we are also at a 14% premium, which is 37% higher than where the S&P 500 is. Forward PE, slightly higher at 1% premium, 32% uh, higher than where the S&P 500 is. So all these numbers down, uh, you know, all these key metrics that we're looking at are trading higher than where we normally do. So I don't really want to go out on a limb and say, hey, yeah, McDonald's is stock number one for week uh, week nine here. So, um, yeah, I just I just can't do it. I, it just doesn't feel right. It doesn't feel like the right time to buy it for me. So for those reasons, with uh, slowing revenue for this past year, yes, the revenue numbers for 23 look a little bit better. But uh, I think we're already stretched up too high with some of this valuation that's already there. So the one that I did pick from last year 
from this time last year is going to be Domino's Pizza. And I was going between this one and Chipotle. We were looking at these two stocks last year. Um, I think I was looking at Chipotle a couple weeks back. And I thought about buying it then, but uh, ultimately, I don't think it made the cut that week either. So I'm looking at Domino's Pizza. Um, ticker is DPZ for anyone following along. Uh, I know I was requested to say the, the tickers, and I'll, I'll try to add them in here when I when I think about it. But uh, I'm sure I'll slip from time to time. So if you need them, they'll be on the Facebook page uh, or in the show notes as to what the, the stocks are for that given week. But um, yeah, so when I'm looking over here at Domino's, the, the PE is a little bit lower. It's at a 28.8. We do get a dividend yield of 1.2, which is lower than McDonald's. I'll, I'll admit that. But uh, the, the thing with Domino's is the fact that they are increasing the dividend yield uh, pretty, pretty aggressively. They increased that dividend 17.8% uh, this past year, ending in uh, September. That dividend payout's only a 35%. So they still got some room to grow. They've uh, they've really shown that they really want to increase this dividend. They want to have it uh, keep up with the stock, really. Because, I mean, the, the dividend climbing 17.8%, and that doesn't mean you're getting a 17.8% yield. What that means is if you were getting a dollar a share, now you're getting a dollar 17 a share per, uh, per quarter, however they, they pay out. So you are getting more in the way of that increase. And uh, I definitely like that. I think that shows a strong sign of that business uh, strength and the fact that they can uh, go ahead and do that. And uh, they were able to grow their revenue last year. It wasn't massive. It was 2.7%, but that did outpace um, McDonald's. So uh, when I go down to some of their different valuations, price to sales, they are at a 21% discount to their five-year average, and that is at a 28 they're trailing PE, 14% discount at a 29.1. Ford is 11% discount at a 26.7. So all those are at a discount where all of McDonald's were at a premium. Uh, they are still raising these dividends. The business still looks strong. Uh, I think that people are still going to be flocking to Domino's in the way of getting, uh, you know, I think the, the pizza deal that they have is uh, two pizzas, uh, per pizza is like $7 per. And uh, I think that's still going to be a great way for families to to get a quick bite to eat. Uh, you know, through a recession, money stretching your dollars. I, I think that's still going to be a strong uh, option for, for a lot of families out there. So price to sales still at that 2.8. That is under. We've got trailing PE under. Forward peg ratio is a bit high at a 3.1 but uh, still way under where McDonald's was. So that one made the cut for me this week. Uh, now, uh, so that one is is DPZ number one for week nine. Number two, and we started talking about this one in uh, the beginning of the show. We had an earnings report on them. And now they uh, this, this company is John Deere. Uh, ticker is DE. Now they did announce some different AI at the... Uh, uh, con uh, construction expo and they're really trying to up that and really be a leader in that way of uh, uh aut autonomous farming and a lot of the things that uh, are really going to be driving the future of how we uh, envision what a farm might be or what a farmer might look like or how different things are going to operate and uh, i think that is going to be a strong thing for their agricultural side of the business i know they're adding more things into the uh, uh the the 
earth moving or digging side of the business as well. And they're really kind of top of the heap as far as some of those go. And they have a lot more product lines that are more in that agricultural space. I, I would say they're the best in that business. Uh, you know, Caterpillar doesn't really have any direct uh, agricultural um, competitiveness with John Deere. Yes, they have some land moving for both of them. They do have, you know, the skid loaders, the backhoes, the things like that. But uh, they do have different segments than what Caterpillar is going to have. And Cat's going to have more of that mining business. Uh, so I, I do like Deer here. I do like this report. I, I like where they're going with the business. I think they're going to be a leader in that uh, that realm of AI and autonomous and everything else that they're trying to go into right now. They had a good quarter. They guided up. And uh, I, I still think they're they're top of the class in their respective field. So they're up 7.3% today. Now, normally I would say I'd let this one cool for three to four days before I'd even think about getting into it. But uh, I think saying it now, uh, as it, as I'm recording, it's the, the 17th, it's on a Friday. We have about 10 days for this one to cool down. So I do think that uh, by then this one should settle out. We should be able to get this one at a decent valuation where it's not really running up too crazy. And uh, we could be getting a better entry point on Deer then than I think where we are now. But, um, you know, all that being said, I think both are very strong options. And they're going to be the two that are going to be dividend payers this week. Uh, I'm kind of going out of out of my comfort zone on these next three. And we're going to talk about that. So uh, number three, we've got LAC. And this is a Lithium America. Let me just pull up the name so I don't botch it. Lithium Americas Corporation. And now uh, GM struck a deal with them. I think they invested about $500 million to LAC to get uh, their battery tech into GM vehicles. Now, GM is saying that they're really going to close the gap on Tesla this year. They're really trying to push forward with their uh, their battery tech, their EVs. And I think that uh, I think we all see that lithium or EV is definitely a, a solid option or it's the option that's really being pushed throughout the world right now as far as uh, automobiles are concerned right now. But we've also got all the robots. We've also got a lot of different applications as far as uh, robotic mowers and robotic, uh, you know, everything that's out there that isn't plugged in, isn't just at one station doing something, but it's out there. Uh, you know, either performing a task or whatever it's doing. So I do think that, you know, these lithium companies are going to be a strong contender, especially with the backdrop, especially with uh, the different administrations that are around the world are kind of driving this uh, technology to the forefront of, uh, you know, everything right now. So I like the fact that they paired with GM. We've got, uh, you know, a definite growth company in a growth industry. They are a negative earnings per share company right now. They're they're not going to be profitable yet. It is rated a buy. You do have a 220% five-year positive return. Uh, we've got 47.7% of upside. Uh, so that is a, a big number there, 47%. Uh, I forget what Deers was. I'll, I'll have to pull that back up. I'll, I'll definitely put it on the vote on uh, the Facebook group here. And then we've got, uh, what else do we have here when I'm looking at LAC? Um, none, nothing really on their price to sales because I think they're kind of pre, we know we've got a five-year average of a 20. It, uh, I don't know why the numbers aren't here on Reuters, 
But uh, this is more of a, a leap of faith on this one with me. The fact that GM's getting in, the fact that uh, they are in that lithium space. Uh, some of the revenue numbers, where are they? That is not even forecasted on Reuters as well. But uh, I do like the fact that we've got a growth company pairing with one of the biggest that's really looking to uh, explode their EV uh, offerings in the next year. And uh, well, in the next years to come, not just this year. But uh, they did say that, uh, you know, this year is going to be one of the years that they really try to close the gap. So I'm, I'm optimistic about what the lithium field does. I'm optimistic about that partnership and uh, the fact that GM really wants to drive this uh, into the next, uh, you know, area of their business, I'll say. But uh, now, number four, uh, the, another option here as far as what we've got out there is going to be a hydrogen play. And now this one is going to be plug power. So they are looking to make green hydrogen. And as I said, I'm, I'm out of my comfort zone on these. I'm looking for these growth stocks. I looked through uh, a ton of different growth names. I really wanted something in lithium. I really wanted something in hydrogen. Uh, so these are two of the ones that I came up with that aren't ones that we've done in the past uh, you know, couple months or whatever. These are our newer stocks to me. Plug power, I've looked at. We, we did this one. Man, it was way back last year when when we added plug power to a uh, to the portfolio. I think we might even have some, but I'm not that uh, that wise on plug power. But uh, when I'm looking over here, uh, I'm going to take a look at uh, the Reuters report again. We do have a buy rating. We do have a five year return of 816 uh, percent. Again, a very strong growth stock. We've got 63 uh, percent of upside. So that is definitely massive on the way of uh, the plug power business. We've got annual revenue, 52% up for 22 was the estimate. And then 172% for this year. The, the growth on revenue for last year actually came in at 49%. So they were a couple points off in their estimation of 52. But uh, if they're a couple points off in that 172 and they come in at 165, I'm still pretty happy with that revenue growth year over year. That is a massive, massive number for them to grow. And uh, this network really has not been built out yet. So a lot of people want to see that this is an uh, alternative to lithium and uh, really want that renewable uh, hydrogen power. So uh, the price to sales is high. It's a 14. It's a growth company. We, we kind of know that going into it. But I do think that this is a company that uh, it would be a complete speculative play for me at this point. And uh, one that has proven that uh, it can definitely have some some solid growth. I mean, 816% over five years, 172% of revenue growth projected for this year. Uh, all numbers I can get behind. And I'm not betting the farm on this when I'm putting $200 into it for week nine. So I'm comfortable with that. I really wanted to throw out some other names that you guys you know, might be interested in as well. And uh, then the, the last one for week nine is going to be another name that I'm not that comfortable with. That's kind of the trend. I'm trying to, trying to go out of the comfort zone here. But uh, that name is Datadog, and uh, the ticker is DDOG. So company overview here from uh, E-Trade, they are going to be providing monitoring analytics platform for developers, IT operations teams. Uh, business users in the cloud age. So they're, they're taking a lot of your um, uh, digital experience and transferring it over to the cloud. 
Uh, so they're, they're driving a lot of efficiencies from where you were as a company to where you're going. And uh, I definitely think as far as uh, the security aspect of that, um, you're, you're getting a lot from this company and there's a lot of growth in this area as everyone kind of makes that transition uh, from, you know, paper to internet to cloud and, uh, you know, Amazon Web Services, all that, everything going to the cloud, they are going to be helping all of that and keeping your information secure. So I definitely uh, think that this is a growing field. I've talked about these types of, uh, you know, businesses before. This is, again, not one that I am super familiar with. But uh, I wanted to throw out some different names and, and get something, a different mix into the uh, the votes this week. So uh, we do have a buy rating. We do have about 20% of forecasted upside. Uh, we've got 112% of revenue growth for 23 for Datadog. Uh, where else have we got? We've got revenue growth over the past year of 74%, and they only project uh, projected 60%. So they came in 14% higher than where they even had projected these numbers. Uh, then where else do we got? We've got uh, negative net margins of minus 0.9%. So not even a full percent point of uh, a negative net margin. But I do think that we're going to see some positive uh, returns here if we get these uh, this forecasted growth of this 112% this year. That would definitely... Uh, Look like it would push those numbers into that profitable pay, uh, place. We've also got a 13% discount to their price to sales. It is remarkably high. It's still at a 16. Uh, we do have a 8% discount on that forward PE at 89. But uh, as I said, this one is uh, is definitely a growth company. And there, there's a lot of different reasons to look into the security and cloud type plays. While I think a lot of other people aren't really paying attention to them, it could be a good reason to get into them. So that's what I got on that one. And as I said, these are not my strong suit. Uh, I will say that the, the forward peg ratio is at a discount on this name also. It's a 2.0. Their five-year average is a three and a half. And the S&P 500 index average is a two. So you're getting uh, a growth company at the average of the S&P, which I think is a, a, a good place to be putting your money especially when I was even looking at uh, McDonald's coming in way higher, Domino's coming in way higher, and you're not getting the growth that you're getting out of a company like Datadog. So uh, those are the five names I got. Domino's Pizza, DPZ, Deer, DE, uh, Lithium America's uh, Corporation, which is LAC, Plug Power, PLUG, Datadog, DDOG. So uh, get over there to Let It Grow Investing on Facebook. Get your votes in for one of these five for week nine. And uh, thank you guys for voting for week eight. We will be buying $200 worth of Google uh, when the market opens back up this coming week. And um, that's what I got for you. So thank you very much for stopping by. And I will catch you guys in the next one. Take care. Thank you for stopping by here on Let It Grow Investing. Please make sure to like, subscribe, and share to build a community of like-minded investors. If you do have questions for me or for the group, you can find us over there on Let It Grow Investing Podcast on Facebook. This is not professional financial advice. I am not a professional financial advisor. Please make sure to do all your own research before investing in any security. I do have links in the description to help get you started on E-Trade, Webull, Crypto.com, and Binance. And a friendly reminder that a goal without a plan is just a dream. So go ahead and build your plan, uh, design your portfolio, and stick to it. 
Thanks for stopping by. I will catch you guys in the next one.